Hi, welcome to the latest episode of my podcast, which is the audio recording of an interview. The video version is available on Facebook, YouTube, and most of the time on Instagram. My Facebook group is called Donna's Interviews, Reviews and Giveaways, and all the links to everything else are on there. Um, If you want any feedback or if you want to suggest any authors you'd like to see, I'd really appreciate it. Hope you enjoy. Good afternoon. Today I'm talking to Sheila. Hi, Sheila. Do you want to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about yourself? Yeah. Hello, everyone. My name. Oh, sorry. Donna, you're going to start first. No, okay. I'm going to speak. Sorry. We've had some technical issues. So apologies. Apologies. Right. I'm going to introduce myself. <clears throat> Excuse me. My name is Sheila Bugler, and I'm an Irish crime writer living in Eastbourne on the south coast of England. I have had six crime novels published so far, three books in my series featuring D.I. Ellen Kelly. And, um, this is a crime series set in Southeast London. This is the first book in the Ellen Kelly series called Hunting Shadows. I've also written three novels uh, set in Eastbourne featuring investigative journalist Dee Doran. And those novels, um, I'm going to show you the last book in the Dee Doran series called Before You Were Gone. That's the most recent one. They're all set in Eastbourne. She's an investigative journalist. And my seventh novel called The Lucky Eight is coming out in July this year. And that's a standalone novel. So it's completely separate to the two series. And after that, I'm writing more D. Doran novels. That's me. (laughs) And did you always want to write? Excuse me. Yes, Donna. I always wanted to write, but um, until quite late in my life, I didn't really have the confidence. It was something I always wanted to do, but always thought I would do someday. And then uh, I have two kids and quite soon after my my second child was born, I was in London walking to the park one day and I just had a real light bulb moment. And I just thought, if I don't start writing now, I will be lying on my deathbed regretting never having done it. Um, so that was really the starting point for me. That was the moment that kind of pushed me from inaction into action. <laughs> and what drew you towards crime fiction? <clears throat> um, I've always loved reading crime fiction, like even from when I was little reading, I starting out with the Ina Blyton books, The Secret Seven and The Famous Five, and then kind of progressed through the Nancy Drew books and um, just always, as a, I read everything when I was growing up, but I always loved crime fiction. And I think when I started very, very early on, started writing, I didn't know what kind of writer I was going to be or what kind of books I was going to write. But um, I soon after I started I was trying around with different things and I remember reading a Harlan Coben novel one day and thinking aha that's what I want to do that's that's what I want to write and really from that moment on that was it I never thought about writing anything else and I I don't I really see myself completely as a crime fiction writer and that's who I am it's what I do and it's what I love. (laughs) When you wrote your first book did you know that you were going to end up writing a series or two series? now, no. So in my head, Donna, I'm, a, I'm a somebody who writes standalone crime novels. But um, every time I try to write one, <clears throat> excuse me, it seems to I, it seems to turn into a series. So both the Ellen Kelly, first Ellen Kelly book and the first D. Doran book were both going to be standalone novels. Uh, but they ended up becoming a series. And actually, 
with the lucky eight, which I was absolutely determined I wanted to write a standalone novel. Um, I'm already thinking that that could be the start of a really good series. <laughs> it feels like I keep getting drawn back into that. I think it's something to do with, <clears throat> excuse me, um, it's something to do with having characters and just wanting to develop them more and follow their stories more. Um, yeah. Um, which of your two series would you most like to be a character in? Oh, what an excellent question. Um, I think probably the D novels, um, mainly because I really like D as a character. She's about the same age as me. Um, she's a bit of crack. She likes fun. And so I could really see myself going out for a drink with D and having a really good fun time here in Eastbourne. Um, and would you give any of your characters in a series their own spin-off? Well, you see, this is what's happened with the Lucky Eight. That's such a good question because um, in in the D series, uh, there's a there's a, a main there's a, a detective character called Ed Mitchell, and he's got a partner called Rachel Lewis, and she's a very minor character in the D series, but um, in the D books. But when I started to write the Lucky Eight she just turned up in that in those in that book and she turned up as one of the main characters in the book so i've done that without setting out to do that it just sort of happens and I, and i really would like to see her having her own series actually because i really like her yeah <laughs> um do you put any secret jokes or messages in your books that only a few people will understand um i it's i haven't done i in the lucky eight i did um I did have a little secret joke where one of my characters was reading a book by one of my crime writer friends, but I actually took that scene out because it felt a little bit inauthentic to me um, and I, I, it just didn't feel right. But I wouldn't be averse to doing it if it felt right. But I think there's something about it, it has to be done in an authentic way. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that a few times, actually, where books by other authors have been mentioned. It does make me smile when I see it. <laughs> Yeah, you see crime writers also often giving a character the name of another crime writer, for example. How Harlan Coben's done it in, in some of his novels. Yeah, I just, weirdly, his books I've never read. He's one of the most popular authors and I've never passed me by. Oh, he's great. He's just real, real clever page-turning novels. He's, you know, you can see why he's as successful as he is. Um, and do you have lots of author friends? Uh, yes, I do really. And the reason for that is, um, and this is, people have probably told you this before, but it is completely true that um, the world of crime fiction is a really, really friendly world. Um, crime fiction writers just really are really nice people. And um, it's a really welcoming community. So um, yeah, it's, it's been really lovely, actually. It's been a really lovely experience. So yeah, I just do have a lot of writer friends. And and especially a, a, a group of female writer friends. So Lorraine Mace, Marion Todd and Chris Kern, who also writes as Abby Frost. And we have kind of got our own little support network where we are in a little group and we message each other a lot. And if one of us has had a bad experience, we share it and we all support each other. And then just more widely, um, when I started out writing very early on, I, I won a year's mentorship with a crime writer called Martin Waits. So he has you know become a friend and he was a really important part of my kind of writer's journey um so yeah and just in, in, i'm a member of the crime writers association and so we have kind of our own chapters so i'm part of the southeast chapter so we meet once a month and we catch up and just share experiences and 
stuff and have a drink over Zoom and all that stuff. So, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> um, what's been your favourite moment so far being an author? Um, I think probably my favourite. God, there's been loads of favourite moments, but I, I always... In a way, I remember when I first signed with a literary agent. That was such a huge step forward for me as a kind of newbie with no, you know. And just to say, when I started writing, I knew nothing about writing, about publishing. I didn't know anyone who was a writer. I didn't know anyone in that world. And um, so when I signed my first contract with my agent, I think that was probably, in a way, my best moment because that felt like the moment that this thing that I was working so hard for might actually happen and I knew at the time that it was a moment that I really had to pause and celebrate that moment without thinking too much about what might or might not happen in the future. And what's your big dream? What's your biggest goal? So my biggest goal um, is 100% at the moment like many many writers I juggle my writing career with a day job so my big goal is to one day be able to write full-time and I've been writing now since, so my daughter's 14. And so that light bulb moment happened 14 years ago. Um, and uh, my first publisher, Michael O'Brien, said to me that before you can ever dream of becoming a full-time writer, you need six novels out there doing well. So I've got six novels out there now, they're doing okay. Um, and so I'm, I'm slowly edging towards that dream. Um, and do you want your children to read your books when they're old enough? Uh, I'd like them to, uh, if they wanted to. My son, uh, when my first book came out, this one, Hunting Shadows, when this came out, he um, he started reading it, but he didn't like it. But I think he was too young. And I think he just felt, he felt quite disturbed, really, that I was writing that type of stuff. <laughs> So um, what I do do with my kids, like my husband has no interest. Apps, I mean, he's very supportive, but he doesn't read crime fiction. So I wouldn't ask him to read, you know, what I've written. Um, but my kids, um, what I do do a lot with my kids is I, I talk to them about the ideas I'm having for a book. And if I'm struggling with the plot, like if we're out walking or something, I'll kind of tell them, talk through that with them. And they really seem to quite like doing that, especially my daughter, actually. Oh. Yeah, exactly. No, they are a part of it. You know, no, they definitely are a part of it because, you know, I just spend so much time writing and, you know, uh, so they're really aware, you know, and they see how hard I work at it. So, yeah. Um, what's the most interesting thing you found out researching your books? Oh my God, 100%, definitely. Um, now I will say I'm not very good at research um, mainly because I'm really impatient. So I just want to get writing, um, but you can't not do research as a crime writer. Um, so I've got two kind of research stories. So I'm gonna tell you both of them. One of them isn't really the most important thing I found out, but when I was writing the Ellen series, I was, especially at the beginning, um, you know the way people ask police detectives to help them? So I was way too shy to do that because I I just felt like I can't do that, you know. So um, instead of approaching any police detective, I sent an email to Lewisham Police Station, which is where I lived at the time. And uh, I never heard anything back. And I just thought the email, I probably, I think I probably thought, oh God, my email was so stupid, you know, that they just <laughs> laughed and thought we're not replying to that. And I was really embarrassed. And then about nine months later, 
I got a reply and it was amazing. I got a reply, but it was this huge email chain that had obviously gone to all of these different people in Lewisham Police Station and they'd all added their comments and their opinions. It was really like amazing. And that was so that I just thought that was so lovely. And like literally all of these different people had just added their thoughts and comments and then the whole lot had got sent back to me. So that was um that was my loveliest research story. And then for my book, The Lucky Eight, that's coming out in July, that's about people who survived a plane crash. And really clearly, just for so many obvious reasons, if you're writing about a plane crash, you don't want to get that wrong. Do you know what I mean? Um, so I, again, through the Crime Writers Association, they have a list of kind of experts in all sorts of different areas. So I contacted this really lovely man and who was listed as an aviation expert. And um, my God, that was just amazing. It was it was so amazing because his depth and breadth of knowledge of the aviation industry. He's got 20 plus years as a pilot. Um, and it was amazing, Donna, because um, he just he's made that such a better and richer book. And he helped me. I, I could ask him the most stupid question and he never made me feel stupid. He, he really came back and told me what was practical, what wasn't practical. If I had a plot idea, he'd, he'd really think and, and help me come up with a way to make that plot idea work. you know, but still be realistic. So much from him just about, you know, the whole, just the whole nature of how commercial airlines fly and how the pilots are, I just, it was, it was really interesting, yeah. And I really hope I've got everything he gave me right in the book. And it hasn't put you off flying then? No, but I do think actually, because um, you know the way um, lots of crime fiction, like people at the airport pick up a crime novel and read it on the plane. That's how I discovered loads of writers in my past was when I was going on holiday. I'd go into the bookshop, I'd find a book and I'd buy it and read it on the plane. But in that sense, I think I've got it slightly wrong with this book because I can't <laughs> see airport shops wanting to stock it particularly. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. <laughs> Yeah, I know, I know, but I never thought about that when I was writing it. <laughs> oh, well, you've got the rest of the population, it's fine. Hopefully, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, what's your biggest fear and would you write about it or have you written about it? Um, so clearly, as a mother, my biggest fear is anything bad happening to my kids. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, yeah, I've kind of really obsessively return to that theme in my books actually I'm, I'm kind of moving away from it a little bit now but so um again in Hunting Shadows the whole book the plot of the book is about um a young girl who goes missing um and actually so I'll talk about that book first the plot of that book is about a young girl who goes missing and when I wrote that book my son was about five or six years old and my daughter was about one or two and it was around the time that Madeleine McCann disappeared. And I think that absolutely was the driving force behind um, the, the missing girl element of, of that novel. Uh, you know, that, that kind of was my, my, my biggest fear was the driver behind that novel. But the other thing that I'm also really interested in as a parent is, is the damaging effects of, of a bad childhood on the adult person. So the other kind of, Strand in this novel is about a young man who's very, very damaged by what happened to him as a child. And 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 just, you know, you don't need a psychologist to, to tell me that that's why those were the two predominant themes in that book. And and that 
um, sense of some people being damaged by by damaged childhoods is something that I come back to again and again in my writing. And actually, um, in the first D. Doran novel, I Could Be You, um, again, one of the kind of key strands of this plot is Dee's neighbour, who's a single mother, goes missing and is, she's killed, but her child is missing. And it's Dee's search for the child is one of the, the main main parts of that book. So, um, you know, that and that's it. That That's my greatest fear. And I kind of obsessively go back to it in my writing. <laughs> and so do you have any no-go areas, stuff that you'll never write about? Um, I think I, I'm definitely not a fan anyway of overly gory violence in crime novels. That's just a personal thing. I don't really, it doesn't do it for me particularly because I'm really squeamish. I'm really squeamish. <laughs> um, and and I, I'm also really aware of not, of, a, of not, been gratuitous with violence in, in my books um, and I think especially sexual violence is something that I I think it's an easy trap for some writers to fall into and I just don't want I, I, I so I, I'm very conscious about avoiding that and not doing that. Um, do you get a lot of feedback from your readers? Yes, um, and actually, so like all writers, you get two types of feedback. So um, you get the lovely readers who get in touch with you or and tell you how much they've enjoyed your books. And can I just say to anyone watching this, if you read a book and you like it, don't ever think that a writer doesn't want to hear from you because they do. So if they've got a contact button on their website, do feel free to contact them and say that you've loved their book because it means so much to us. Or if you send us a message on Twitter or Instagram, it literally, it will make my entire week if somebody's tagged me on Twitter or Instagram and said they've read my book and they've really liked it. Um, and I've never so far had anybody tagging me or contacting me to say they don't like the book. I think I know that does happen and I think that must be really awful. But of course, I've had people writing negative reviews of my books and I absolutely I'm so completely fine with that because I always say I don't expect everyone to like my books. Reading is so subjective. Um, and actually, I did a book group chat recently and it was really funny. It was really lovely. It was a book group here in Eastbourne and we did it online. And um, at the beginning, I said, um, I said, look, I don't I know for first of all, this is a book group. I know many of you won't even read crime fiction and I don't expect you all to have liked my book. And it was brilliant because then there was these two women who really didn't like it, but they were really lovely. And they said all the reasons they didn't like it. But I think it was I think it was a much better chat because they felt able to tell me why they hadn't liked it in kind of a really nice, positive way. Um, you know, and I have friends who like my books. I have friends who don't like my books. That's life, isn't it? Yeah, that's it, absolutely. Um, do you get much chance to read? Uh, more than you'd expect. So, I mean, I'm really busy. So I have a day job. I'd have my writing job. And also my daughter um, has been really unwell for a few years. So she hasn't been at school. So I'm also kind of looking after her. Um, so I am really, that's why, that's why I have to, that's why the day job has to go because it's just not enough time for us. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, I do. I, I read a lot. So I, um, like you, I get a lot of advanced review copies of books um, because, People just send writers ARCs. And um, I also do book reviews for them. Um, I don't know if you've heard of Crime Squad. It's a really good, um, a really good crime. Chris Simmons, um, he wrote he wrote Crime Squad. So I'm one of Chris Simmons' reviewers. But I'm definitely his worst reviewer because I probably review the least number of books. Um, 
only because I don't have time sometimes. But um, yeah, I still do read a lot, actually. Um, I And I read on Kindle and paper books as well. And, and I tend to, I normally have two books on the go and I read my paper book during the day. And then my Kindle is, I can read it in bed without annoying my husband by having the light on. And um, that's the one thing at the moment and for the last few years, I don't read anything except crime fiction, whereas in the past, I would have read more widely, but that's just because I don't have time for anything else. But I still do read. I definitely probably read at least a book a week, maybe two books a week. Um, you know, and it, I would normally read much more. And if I go on holiday, God, I'm reading all the time, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's the last book that made you cry? Um, the last book that made me cry. OK. Um, probably quite a few. Now, if I had my Kindle here, but I don't. Um, what did I read on Kindle recently? Oh my God, uh, I did read, which I thought was amazing. Was um, you know, the last thing to burn by is it Will Dean? Read that, thought that was amazing. That was really moving. Um, I've also just finished. I'm a really big fan of Megan Abbott, who's an American crime kind of psychological thriller writer, and I read her latest book which is coming out in July called The Turnout that made me cry at the end because it was really moving and also I have been shouting really loudly for about a year about Chris Whitaker's book and we begin at the end which has just been nominated for two CWA daggers and it has just been is about to be turned into a film Disney have bought the rights for it um, and I thought that book was just so moving and beautiful um, yeah yeah yeah, I was um, joking yeah. with him and um, yeah. Mike Craven on Twitter um, saying that Chris Whitaker might be the only person that will knock Mike Craven off of the awards. Um, so we're talking about Chris Whitaker, <laughs> who I'm hoping to interview sometime, but I haven't uh, managed to get hold of him yet. <laughs> Gorgeous and lovely. He'll, you'll have a great interview with him. He's adorable. Yeah, I've managed to nab Mike Craven, so I'm looking forward to that. That should be fun. Um, so what do you like to do when you're not writing? So when I'm not writing, um, I live in Eastbourne, as I've said already. I like to, in the summer, I like to go swimming in the sea. And um, all times of the year I like to go so I live right by the South Downs National Park so lots of walking really big on walking loads of walking and loads of just countryside you know just hanging out on the beach and just being close to nature that's a really big thing for me. Um, who was your first celebrity crush? My first what? Celebrity Liter crush. Who was my first celebrity crush? Yeah um I think it was probably Donny Osmond. I think that was a long time ago. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. I think that's so, I'm so. I should be ashamed of that. I should have said someone cooler. But like when I was really young, you know. <laughs> yeah, you're not the first person to say that. Don't worry. <laughs> really? How funny is that? God. Yeah. And uh, who was it? David Essex yesterday, and someone else. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can see David. Essex. Yeah, he was gorgeous when he was young. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, you're fine. Don't worry. It's nothing to be ashamed of. <laughs> Good. Um, if you were able to spend a day with an author, alive or dead, who would you like to spend a day with? Mm -hmm. 
Um, I love James Lee Burke, so maybe James Lee Burke. Um, my favourite author in the world isn't a crime writer, it's an American writer called Norman McLean who wrote um, the book A River Runs Through It, um, so maybe him. Or, you know what, if we're going, if we could be yeah, anyone, how, why not? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> if you were to have four famous people to a dinner party, who would you invite? Who, four famous people, did you say? Yeah. Okay, definitely Johnny Cash, because I am an absolute mad Johnny Cash fan. Um, Dolly Parton, because I'm also a mad Dolly Parton fan. Um, Johnny Cash, Dolly Parton, this is just going to, you know, I mean, how could I not have Elvis, right? I'd have to have Elvis there too. Um, and let's go for somebody yeah. obscure. Who else? So we've got Dolly Parton, we've got Johnny Cash, we've got Elvis. Um, I want to go for Megan Abbott, actually, my favourite my favorite crime writer. And she's very cool and very funny. Yeah, that would be um, a wicked dinner party. <laughs> that would be a wicked dinner party, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine that being loud, actually, as well. But <laughs> Yes. Although I'd be fan crushing Dolly so much, like I just, you know, and anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I was going to ask you, um, what's your most embarrassing story? Oh God, I've got loads. I can choose on the public. Um, <laughs> okay, so okay, so okay. Do you want the people answer that really quickly, or do they have to think about it? 50-50, um, sort of. Some people know straight away, and some people are like they do have to think. So yeah. <laughs> well, I did get quite drunk at Crime Fest, the last Crime Fest. Um, I didn't do anything bad, but I was on a panel at nine o'clock the next morning and at about two in the morning, my friend Louise Phillips, who's an Irish crime writer, did very gently tell me I should probably go to bed. So that's quite embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> that's quite embarrassing. Um, and I was really hung over doing the panel the next day as well, which I would not recommend at all. It was like, <laughs> oh, I was like really hung over. Um, but I think I got, I don't think people knew I was hung over. I think I got away with that bit, but I definitely didn't get away with it. Louise not noticing that I was quite drunk and needed to go to bed. <laughs> Amazing how many of those stories involve alcohol. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm absolutely sure. <laughs> not all the time though, which, uh, yeah, it's fun, I love it. <laughs> That's my favourite question. <laughs> of course, and yes. That's hard, I wish I'd watched more of these interviews before I did this one, so I'd know you, I would have been prepared with a better story for you. That's <laughs> all right, I don't always ask, it depends, so. I like to uh, throw some random ones in, keep you on your toes. Yeah, you're keeping me on my toes, definitely. <laughs> Good, that's the idea. <laughs> um, what would your family and those closest to you say your worst habit is? Uh, oh God, over-enthusiasm and, and over-exaggeration. <laughs> yeah, over-enthusiasm, over-exaggeration and over-dramatic, three. There only three, not just one, <laughs> three. I think over enthusiasm is a bad thing, is it? I think they'd say I'm quite sort of, I'm quite tiring to live with. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, your husband agreed to better or worse, so tough. It's exactly, exactly. <laughs> he knew what he's getting himself right. into. <laughs> You're absolutely right, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Um, post lockdown, you have one concert, one country to visit, and one other random event that you can attend. What's first on your list for each? Ah, uh, one concert would ah uh, it would be either Bruce Springsteen or Dolly 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 Parton. No doubt about it. Even though I've already seen them both in concert before, but one of those two. But I'm just going to say. Okay, because I, I could be, it's not real, it's a concert with both of them in it, please. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so that's my concert. What's my next bit of that question? Country to visit. Um, I'd ha probably have to say post-lockdown, it'll have to be Ireland because my parents are there and I haven't seen them since February last year. Um, so that's going to be pretty high on my list, I think. Um, <laughs> and after I see my parents, then I would like to go and spend two weeks in Crete with my family because I love Crete. And, and what was the last bit? Any of any other thing that you can do? <laughs> do you know what I'd like to do, Donna? I would just like to wander out of my house and down the road to my local pub, The Lamb, and go in there and have just a whole group of my girlfriends sitting in there and just have a good night of drinking wine and talking with my girlfriends. <laughs> yep, sounds awesome. <laughs> That's what I'd like. Um, and if you were able to travel back or forward to any time, where would you travel to? Um, I think that most people would say they'd like to travel back. But I, so I think if I could wish for one thing in this world, which isn't going to happen in my lifetime, it would be absolute concrete proof of other intelligent life in the universe somewhere. So I'd like to travel forward in time until we, until that's something we know. Wow, awesome, great, great answer. Yeah, that's a good point. Mind you, we struggle to find intelligent life on this planet sometimes. I know, I know. <laughs> but I just think that's going to be, I feel really emotional even thinking about that because I just think, you know, that's the most exciting thing. You know, how little we still know about the universe. That, that, and I think that would be amazing, which is why I absolutely love that film, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I think it's such a beautiful film for that reason. So that would be, um, that would be where I'd go to in the future. Uh, did you see the news the other day about the UFOs um, that they confirmed? No, no, it's amazing, isn't it? How exciting is that? It's incredible. Yeah, absolutely. I completely. I was. I read it and I was like, nope, it's not April Fool's Day. Okay. That must no, be I know. Day. Yeah, amazing. It's fascinating. It's crazy how insignificant we are, really. <laughs> no, I know. It's just. It's so. It's. It's. It's beyond anything we're capable of really imagining, isn't it? Because to us, this is everything. And oh, yeah, that's amazing. That's it's just incredible. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, back to books, I suppose. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, what are you working on at the moment, and what's coming next? Um, so I just a few weeks ago finished all my edits for The Lucky Eight and actually for really weirdly since I started writing I've written obsessively since I started writing and it, when I started first I was really driven by fear that if I stopped like I would just stop and I wouldn't continue um, but I've just come to the end of my contract with my current publisher and I've just given them a whole load of book ideas for future books um, to continue working with them so until I hear back from them I'm, I've actually taken a break so I'm not writing anything at the moment and um, because I don't want to start I've uh, coming up with ideas isn't a problem for me at all but I don't want to start working on a book that 
isn't going to be my next book published book. I, I prefer to wait and um, know what books the publisher wants from me and then focus my writing on those. Because I've, I've done in the past, like I've just written, even if I haven't had a publishing contract or even if I haven't known that a book's going to get published. So I just think it's really good for my mental health to just take a break for a few weeks and do nothing. So that's what I'm doing at the moment, which feels really weird, actually. Um, <laughs> but I think it probably is good for me. And I, I think I'll be more focused on my writing when I do start again. That's interesting that you can do that, actually, because um, most authors I speak to say they're going to do that. And then two hours later, they're writing their next book. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm lucky, I think, because my day job is quite creative. So if I, I have to be doing something, I definitely have to be doing something. But it just means that at the moment, I'm, I'm just really focusing all of that creativity into my day job, which I think I do need to do. <laughs> Awesome. Um, so I don't think I have any more questions for you unless you think there's anything I haven't asked you that you want to tell us. No, I'm just really, really grateful to you for um, for having me on. And, and I'm going to say, because you're too lovely to say it, is that um, we should have had this last week, but I completely messed up my diary. And you could have sent off, but you didn't. You were very lovely and very um, kind. I just said, no problem at all. We'll reschedule for this week. So thank you very much. I, I really appreciate that. Thank you. That's all right, and it's been a pleasure. <laughs> it's been lovely, and it's really nice to finally meet you because we've been kind of messaging and stuff. It's nice to have a proper face-to-face -face with you. It Thank is. you so much, Donna. Um, before we go, do you just want to tell everyone where they can find out more about you and where they can find your books? Yeah, indeed I do. <clears throat> so um, I could be you, Dee Doran, um, Hunting Shadows, Ellen Kelly, um, I've got a website, sheilabugler.co.uk. You can find out everything you need to know about me there. My publisher is called Canelo. You can find more about me there. And my books are available in paperback and ebook, and most of them in audiobook um, through all good bookshops, including Amazon. Perfect. Well, thank you very much. Thank you so much, and lovely to meet you. Bye bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to my podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Please remember that you can view the video on my Facebook page, Donna's Interviews, Reviews and Giveaways, or you can also review the video on YouTube. Um, just search for my name, uh, Donna Morfitt. Uh, surname's M-O-R-F-E-T-T, and you should be able to find it quite easily. Um, if you want any people to be interviewed, then please let me know, and I'd love to hear your thoughts. Thank you. Thank you.